This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome once more to the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. It's already Monday, August 28th. I'm running a little bit behind this week, and yes, it's still hot. Today on the show, I talk to the host of two of my favorite podcasts, The Mark and Todd Cast and Portland at the Movies, Mr. Todd Werkoven. His show is also on the Fun Employment Radio Network, like this very show, and not only brings great life experience, but also has many other nerdy interests, including a desire to get more into video gaming. Ooh. But first, let's take a look at what's going on in the gaming world this week. First off, last night was the epic 20th anniversary GoldenEye tournament at Ground Control Classic Arcade in Portland. We ended up with 16 total competitors and two consoles running four-player death matches. One console was hooked up to their awesome big screen displays, and the other was on a period-correct massive CRT. I ended up losing my ass in the first round that I was in. I came in third, I think, after a couple of seasoned Bond villains that got set up on that first little round. (laughs) But thanks to the loser's bracket, I was able to sneak my way back up and through a few more rounds all the way to the final. The last match was pretty exciting. I believe it featured grenade launchers as the special pickup and ended up with a tie for second. This, though, was the single most exciting moment of the night. It was meant to be like a one-hit kill scenario playoff, slappers only, but we didn't quite get the settings right, so it made it like two or so hit kills, but in that first round, we had the entire arcade chanting, slap, 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 slap. It was awesome. If you follow me on the Twitters and Facebooks, you already know, but I didn't make it into the money, unfortunately. I ended up sucking eggs in the last match and landed in fourth. Didn't even get a participation trophy. Maybe next time when they pick another classic like Perfect Dark or Mario Kart, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. As for the broader gaming industry, I just saw the other day PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. PUBG was actually one of the most sold games of 2017 so far. It's just counting like the PC sales, not like full retail of other games. Cause yeah, ones that saw multiple console releases, sure. They, they smoked it, but just in terms of PC sales, but also the most concurrent players on steam registered this week. So I think they had like 877,000 people, which was actually more than DOTA, which is always number one. Like it had 840,000 some odd. So pretty impressive for a game that hasn't even seen a full release yet. It's still early access. Sony announced that they're going to start selling a new, cheaper PSVR bundle, finally. It's not a lot cheaper, but this one is $400, but comes with the needed PlayStation camera, so a little bit of savings. You still have to pay the extra $50 if you want to get the Move controllers, the wands, that actually give you, like, the handheld motion controls. So, it's... Kind of a, probably a, a counter move against Oculus because I think the Rift just dropped down to like 399 for their retail kit. But 
having recently done my computer upgrade, the video card that I got still doesn't support VR as, as far as I've found. It's like below the minimum specs. So even if I wanted to, I was thinking of like pawning off my PSVR because I barely use it and every game that I wanted it for seems to be removing the feature or not talking about adding it. So uh, I finally have that buyer's remorse setting in. So hard to recommend at this point, the, the PSVR versus going full VR on your computer, except for the fact that, I mean, all of it still costs many hundreds of dollars. So yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. VR is amazing. And if you could afford to get into it, do. But I guess at this point I could say it's probably better to spend the money on the computer side and do it that way. Some new releases that caught my eye this week include Mario plus Rabbids, uh, the Kingdom Battle, I believe it's called. It's a strategy RPG coming out for the Switch, and it's been getting good reviews. It's um, They're noting that the game's got solid mechanics and lots of fan service, which is nice. I mean, Mario with his got 30 plus years of history now <laughs> there's tons of stuff they could pull from but there's even like recent references to kind of the metaverse like luigi's death stare from mario kart and something else that was on there like one of his sniper rifles is like inspired by something from the broader actual real world something for the sony fans out there we've got everybody's golf that came out this week this is one that i saw a couple years ago when I went to the PlayStation experience in San Francisco, that um, it's the newest iteration of the Hot Shots series, which is like a more fun, arcade, silly style golf game without weird like power-ups. It's not like Mario Golf. That's still different. But this one, this series, it's always been kind of quirky, kind of a sideline thing, but it is fun. It's a, a good one to pick up and play with some buddies. Well, this one now takes it in a whole new direction where instead of picking a course and going through hole by hole, you actually have an open world golf course to drive your golf cart around in. And there's all kinds of side games and different tasks and things to do besides just golfing. The craziest of which is there's like character leveling in a golf game. So it's like everybody's golf, the RPG bizarre but it's something it's it i've never like i think i bought a psp hot shots game so i'm not really invested in the series but i do like it it's fun to play so i don't know if, maybe if it goes on sale someday i might pick it up because it is it's fun to just mess around with and like i said with multiplayer components to it hey it could be something very interesting if that's your bag another thing that if it's in your bag there is another Yakuza game that came out, and I believe that's getting good reviews too. Also happening this week, this weekend actually, up in Seattle, is the Penny Arcade Expo West edition, running from September 1st to 4th. I didn't get to go, of course. I hadn't really planned on it, but there was a, a strong maybe for a free pass that could have come my way, but I guess that didn't work out, unfortunately. But maybe next year, I don't know. I'm still not huge on attending cons yet, but I do intend to. I think the first one I'll do this year is um, Rose City Comic Con that's coming up pretty soon, I believe. I think it's in September or October. Finally, how about that 
SNES Classic, guys. Huh? More news about that? Why not? This, the little console that, that could, that, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's It's got a great assortment of games, but we are going through the same dramatic pre-order nonsense of the NES Classic, where everything is sold out the minute it goes online. All this drama of people going through, like, Target or other websites, getting through all the forms and everything, adding it to their cart, going to checkout, and then getting an error saying that it's gone, like they've sold out of it. Ridiculous stuff. You know that it's just eBay jerk-offs that are getting in there and they're going to mark things, these things up to hundreds of dollars over retail and just screw all the, the fans and kids that actually wanted the dang thing. But there is a shining beacon of hope for us normies out there that might want to line up and get it like a regular <laughs> console if you're that hardcore Toys R Us is actually not taking pre-orders. So that's the one place that you'll actually have to go to in person to pick up one of these consoles. So if that's your thing, grab your tent, grab your sleeping bag, and I'd say get there a couple of days ahead of the launch and get ready to camp. So once again, before we get to the meat and potatoes, if you do like the show, please subscribe and get your butt over to iTunes and rate and review the show. That helps exponentially. Also, be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter using at WAG Podcast. And don't forget to send your emails with, um, I don't know, pictures of kittens to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com. I can't do much naked, especially in this temperature. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason Chevron Chops. I am joined today by Todd Werkoven. Say hello, Todd. Hello, Todd. <laughs> there he is. So um, Classic. Classic right? intro. Oh, boy. <laughs> Professional stuff here. Oh. So Todd is a, a fellow network member now with Fun Employment Radio. Yes. He's got a couple of podcasts, um, one that's on the network right now, and then he's pretty creative I mean, just in general, outside of that, many different things that you've worked on. And eventually today, we'll also be talking about how he kind of was a gamer, wants to be again, maybe, but <laughs> doesn't know where to start. So that's kind of what we've got on the docket today. Yes. So starting off, Todd, let's talk about who Todd is. Who is Todd Workover? <laughs> right? Uh, well, I am a copyright, a marketing and advertising copywriter by trade. That's what I went to school for. Um, and I uh, had a couple jobs at some agencies at around uh, beginning of the 2000s and kept getting laid off and was like, oh, okay, well, the writers are the first to go whenever there's any sort of problems. Unfortunately. And, and, yeah. And so I decided to go freelance uh, in like the mid 2000s, maybe 2003 or 2004 freelance uh, mm -hmm. advertising marketing. Um and did that for, and I still do do that, um, not quite as much, uh, just because we were talking about before how advertising has changed yeah, a lot. And now it's a much different animal. It's a, yeah, it's very formula right now, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. it is what it is. It's not like it was ever 
like high art anyway. Right. Um, well, the freelancing is the way to go too. I mean, that's that's everything is contract it is the work anyway. Of, it, it's it's awesome, except like for my personality, I am terrible at sales. Oh, so going around and selling and, myself yeah. and pitching myself and you know emailing as much as you need to to get that <laughs> yeah that job and so i was kind of stuck in that cycle for a while it's like well i hate this one big part and mm-hmm. i'm starting to hate some of the work that i'm doing and it's just oh, you know geez. and so i kind of made this strange pivot into childcare. <laughs> really yeah. yeah which is super weird um <laughs> So forever, uh, um, I was married for a really long time, and my wife and I at our church would do uh, just teach Sunday school, which mm-hmm. we do like three-year-olds, so it's kind of yeah. like fun, kind of whatever. Yeah. And, and it turned out that I was kind of good at it, and I didn't really know. I never had any younger siblings or yeah. cousins or anything, and and there was an, uh, a boy with autism that came by uh, through our class, and it was obvious that he couldn't be in with the rest of the class. He was mm-hmm. too aggressive and, and would melt down. And right. But I also knew that the family would like never get to leave the house oh, ever. Because of that. They, yeah. And they have five kids total and Colin was three at the time. And so they had mm-hmm. five kids in between the ages of like one and nine oh, God. with Colin. And I mean, it was just, <laughs> oh. just madness. Yeah. And so I was like, look, I'm here. I told the mom, I'm here every week. You know, mm-hmm. I can handle Colin beating up on me because right. you know, who yeah. cares? You know, <laughs> right. Whatever. And so I would just sit with him in the hallway and he would freak out and bite and kick. And we just kind of bonded over the over that year. And um, the mom saw that I could handle him and was like, can you come over to our house so you can like protect the rest of the kids? Because it was mm-hmm. just craziness. And like the kids were young. And yeah. And so I, I, I started doing that. And I was like, I'm. I'm kind of good at this and I'm kind of enjoying it and it's rewarding. And, Man. and so eventually uh, this, the state of Oregon has a program that if, if you have a child with disabilities, you can be assessed um, a certain amount of hours per month to have a caregiver oh, wow. uh, come in and uh, the state pays through it through a program. Yeah. And so uh, they finally were able to sign up through that because after a while they couldn't afford, you know, the amount of hourly right. care that, yeah. really took and mm-hmm. and so that was around 2009 or 2010 and i just kind of kept doing that and that kind of became more uh, overshadowing the advertising stuff yeah. and and so i'm still inexplicably eh. doing that which is like especially when i with advertising i'm i'm really good at it mm-hmm. and but it's less rewarding yeah because uh, we were talking a lot about management before mm-hmm. we, we went on the air and it's like i'm coming up with this concept that I think is really interesting, like talking about the end user, how we were yeah. like, I would think this is interesting way right. to, to do this or whatever. And, and then you hand it off to a manager who may probably isn't creative, mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about art design, right? Anything right. about anything. And right? definitely isn't invested in your creation. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, it was up to them to be like, this needs to be changed or this is good or this is whatever. And, it's and and then everything i mean like you would get the years that it was just nothing but terrible used car ads and used car right. ads have been the same forever right. and i don't know yes. why and i tried to <laughs> people i tried to change that uh-huh i tried to empower but Ugh. i mean it's just you can't get away from someone screaming a price at you i was gonna like, say like sunday 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 for whatever reason that that brought up the the local audio guy that advertises and he is that guy yeah like, i'm going crazy yeah how, how if can you, you can't, believe these prices yeah and so we would have these meetings where we'd plan out like the monthly sale we're like the march celebration right and oh boy and so like every month you plan out like what dumb sale you'd have and i remember 
uh, I, I was freelancing at, at an agency that, that had, I don't even remember the car dealership, but just some random car dealership in town. Uh-huh. And I came up with like this really like super cool kind of conceptual thing that was more branding and more whatever. And yeah. Of course, they didn't go with that. <laughs> and I like, remember. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, I thought it was really clever and it was like really, it could have really st- and stuck. And I remember the next week getting copy back for just the basic, you know, here's the price, here's the car, and getting notes from the account manager that <laughs> literally, and I kept this, I, sh- I didn't know we were going to talk about this, so I didn't bring it. <laughs> right. But the notes were literally, we really have to let the viewers know that right now is the best time to come down, like all of the cliches, like literally written out. <laughs> Like, our prices, like, everything but our prices are insane, like, on the thing. And, like, it just oh broke me. God. I was like, I can't. What am I doing? I can't do this anymore. I mean, right? and there was plenty of, like, super interesting things. But, mm-hmm. like, after a while, like, to being a. If it would be one thing if, like, I was doing an equal amount of both. Like, because there's always yeah. going to be that, you know, the dock working. Yeah, of any right. Of mm-hmm. any job. And, that, and that's, I mean, that's advertising. You know, there's lots of it. There's, there's always a grind. Yeah. yeah, there's always a brochure that needs to be written that's not going to be terribly interesting yeah but there was just fewer and fewer things that i felt like there was allowed to have that creativity or like they would the client would ask for something and then you would deliver that and they're like oh oh we didn't we didn't really want this let's just do the same thing we've always done oh my god and like it's easy as a creator for me to say that because it's not my money right like and if it was i would probably be acting just like the client yeah the, the, you, you would you'd come from a different angle and yeah you'd have different priorities kind of in mind but it is like it's you hit the nail on the head just in the satisfaction part of it right and I, once and that I, runs out and because because it's hard for me to sit still and be in an office and, oh, and no. do that yeah. kind of stuff i mean being hanging out with kids and like teaching them how to go to the grocery store. Like it's yeah. super fun to me. It's right. interesting. It changes and, mm-hmm. and like it's, it's rewarding. And, and I, I feel like it's something that just fits with me anyway. Yeah. And so stumbling into that was kind of weird, not at all lucrative. Like mm-hmm. it's <laughs> right. Kids. It's a terrible, it's a terrible industry to go into because it doesn't pay you any much. <laughs> right. But I mean, there is, I mean, and, and I'm old enough now that, and now I'm no longer married and I don't have kids. So I don't mm-hmm. have to really worry about, you know, making a certain amount of money for, right. for other people. And, and just having that that freedom still, and having that, I, that's just a. Re- I, I guess I'm just ready for the reward section of my life, as right. opposed to like putting in a slog for a company that I know exactly. does not really care all that much about. Yeah, I mean that is it's it's a good lesson. I mean, just in the fact that you can do what you love and still live. I mean, you yeah. don't have to yeah. completely sell your soul right. and, and do this and it's crazy tough, corporate and you grind. you will go without a lot of, like, because oh, yeah. every couple months I'm like, I have to ask myself, is this sustainable? Like, yeah. I can barely pay my rent. I could right. go back and have an advertising job mm-hmm. that will pay me a lot. Well, and that's where but, you come back to blending it. Right. And, and figuring exactly. out the balance between the two and exactly. kind of finding that comfortable zone. That, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what... That's a, a lesson for everybody that, that wants to pursue their creative stuff is don't sacrifice 100% one way or the other. I yeah. Mean, you do. You have to find that middle ground, but and it's, it's out there. And I it think exists. it's unreasonable to assume that you can make it. To do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like nobody can have it all because right. you can only have parts of every, you know what yeah. I mean? We're not all Kardashians. So right. we exactly. <laughs> we you are can't not. just be born into money all the time. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. It is. And it, that's like with me, with like the voice acting and the podcasting and everything, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it doesn't pay anything, 
starting out. Right. Like you've got to get to a crazy point in your life and career to where it actually becomes a viable thing. And even then right. it's one out of 10 million people that will ever have success in it. So right. don't stress and out about that. I mean, be realistic. especially in Portland, but I think, I think the world now with, mm-hmm. with, with the internet and yeah. the way it is, <laughs> what is this? Is that internet you can thing. like, cause I remember uh, maybe five or six years ago, I started making these little notebooks that I thought would be interesting oh, and yes. I make them out of VHS boxes and mm-hmm. I do comics and like old pictures and stuff like that. And just because I wanted to make something and yes. like, there's to me, that's very satisfying to sit and to just do something with your hands absolutely. for a while that, you know, yeah, absolutely. you don't have to think about it and listen to podcasts yep. and just sit there. And, um, <laughs> and that's, hasn't become i'm it's not become an, a revenue stream of anything but you know mm-hmm. it's a couple bucks every now and then tank yeah, gas, you know, some food and, exactly and it's it's interesting to me and it fulfills i think it's like you said it's it's finding how to fulfill yeah that piece of you that yep. you might not be able to do in your day job yeah or, totally because i mean it's a luxury that i don't have to go to that day job True. that we're all afraid we're going to be stuck in. Yeah. I right. mean, it's a, it's a poor luxury. <laughs> like it's not a luxury. I don't get anything. Yeah. Other this than, isn't, I'm hanging out on my yacht and right. I don't have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm absolutely right there with you because I mean, it is, it's, it's like listening to myself talk because that's exactly what I kind of intend to do at some point. Once I get my act together and do it, like there is the sideline stuff of sculpting and mm-hmm. the the shooting galleries that I did. Like I've seen that as a potential kind of sideline thing too. It's like you whip one of those up in a weekend and just hang on to it until somebody wants it yeah. or maybe get commissions going. And Yeah, I didn't realize until uh, I... I must have clicked on your Facebook page or something like that, mm. but I saw that shooting gallery yeah. thing that you did for, for the Fun Employment Radio right? bingo. Oh, I've got to show which you was the, super cool. Yeah, I got to show you the other one I did too for the. Um, oh, who was it? One of the local breweries. I did one for them too, and that one I'm really proud of. Nice. So yeah, I'll show you that too off the air, and then too we have to talk about what my wife does after oh, nice. this because it's right in the vein of what you do with the kids. Oh, interesting. So yeah, you'll be excited to hear about that. But, yeah. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's, it's just coming back to, like we said, finding, finding that blend. Like, what are you going to do? And I, I say stick along those lines of the projects, like your, your creative endeavors right. to do it as opposed to ever feeling just like you have to go back to that corporate grind. It's just find a way that works. Like, I mean, yeah. especially if like that stuff, I mean, like you said, you're spending a couple hours every now and then doing it. You get the personal satisfaction out of it. It kicks a little money in the door and yeah. it's, it's nothing crazy either way. It's not a, a big expenditure of energy right, and it doesn't right. bring a ton of money in the door, but a few of those mixed into the, the yeah. equation. And I mean, yeah. how much more are we talking and about now? I mean, like, and it's, I mean, it's kind of a dream to be able to, to monetize a hobby. I oh, mean, yeah. Hobbies you do regardless of whether like, there's that guy who builds the gigantic miniature train, you know, in right. his garage, mm-hmm. like for his own, for like his the own only thing he's going to yeah. get. Yeah. Not even his but wife able, likes it. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> if she's but, still around. <laughs> yeah, really. But I mean, it's, it's fun to be able to create stuff. And then like, I don't have my stuff in, in like you can't, a store or anything just right. because of the way I do things. But mm-hmm. it's really neat to like go find that VHS tape at the Goodwill and then post it online. And someone's like, I love that movie. I want that notebook and to like make that connection. And like, that's just really, it's just, that's really satisfying. Have you set up a Etsy shop yet? I haven't. I do because, because I'm too poor and they charge per item listed. And because 
I have like 300 VHS tapes. I can't post them all and I can't make them all. Can't you do a thing where you just list here's it's one item and we've got 300 available type of thing? I could. Or like a commission thing on there? But for the most part, Facebook has made it easier to do the shopping on things. Facebook is working. So Facebook is working for that um, as because I could also can't because I can't. Like, let's say I just came across a copy of Aliens mm-hmm. on VHS. Yeah. And, and on LaserDisc. <laughs> that was awesome. So jealous of that yeah, one. Yeah, that store had a ton of them. Some of us must have gone out of business. Because yeah. there was, I didn't realize, 1997 was when Austin Powers came out. And that was there on LaserDisc. I know. That was weird to see. That was really crazy. That's a time warp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, no. Oh, the... finding, so I can find, like, one copy of something. Mm-hmm. So I can't, like, go to a store and say, I can give you ten of these. Mm-hmm which they don't like on their end because they can't plan their inventory. So there's just like this weird perfect storm of things Mm -hmm. specifically to making notebooks out of VHS tapes. Right. That it makes it a little more difficult. But Facebook has been fine for how much I can do and how much, you know, time I can dedicate it to and all that. So, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, Making even more notes for after the show, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> it's great for us. In the and meantime, too we bad for wait. the listener. Yeah, you can go to yeah. facebook.com slash a real piece of work, and work is W E R K, like my last name. Right? Nope, that was so. And it is, <laughs> I mean, think anything, and that's the other thing. When we talk about commissions, you are absolutely open for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. If totally. somebody has a request, or if you have your VHS collection totally. laying around. You I mean, can send it to me. Yes, absolutely. If it came out on VHS, I can probably yep. hunt it down because there's, some, there's and some really great places in town for that. The regular audio cassette sleeves too, right? You do yeah, those they for make, the little, make little note- pocket yep. notebooks out of, out of cassette tapes. <laughs> it's so which awesome. Is fun. I love it. It's, there's another guy locally that does... Um, he started with duct tape wallets. Okay. And now he's turned it into... He has... Um, some I don't know what he uses to do it, but basically he, he can take a page of anything, of just a, any piece of paper, and he'll make it into a wallet. Wow. So he's got a shitload of inventory, but also commissions. So if you wanted, like, the cover of a specific comic or a page, wow. he can get that. It It's, like, laminated yep. and stitched together and makes, like, a little bifold wallet out of it. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love – I mean, it is. It's the same concept, and it's totally. great. It's awesome. Like, yeah. why, and what's why funny, not? What's funny is that I've been doing this for a couple of years, and I've never – I never had enough inventory to like have a booth anywhere because mm-hmm. I just made them as people ordered them. Yeah. Um, but last February, um, my friend Brian, who is the um, Portland Unipiper, oh. had a booth at one of the Comic Cons. Yeah. And so he shared a little space with Ooh. me. And so I was able to, because that stuff is scary. Like, I'm yeah. not a super extrovert. I hate sales. I hate showing my own stuff and like right. standing there and having people just like judge you or like all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, is, is uncomfortable. And so. But like we were talking about before, it's like you have to take those super uncomfortable, maybe not all that successful steps yeah. to get past. There's no other way to get past them. You can't, you either do it or you will just never get past them. And yeah. so doing that little bit of a thing and seeing, okay, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't as terrifying as I thought. This isn't, as, you know, this <laughs> right? is fairly easy. And so, and then doing it at Landmark uh, Saloon, which has a little open the air market. Sunday and thing, yeah. There's, and then somebody else contacted me like, oh, we saw you at Landmark. Would you be interested in this craft fair? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just little, little tiny stuff. But in doing that, I realized that there's a ton of other people that do the exact same thing, like yeah. making them out of VH. And like, I had no idea. And like, it's, it just kind of blew me away. Right. That, like, it's just a community idea. Like mm-hmm. the, the, it's <laughs> that, 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 
the gestalt that we talked about. I was going to say, yeah, the Nietzschean something, the, yeah. the, a collective unconscious. That's, that's it, the word I'm right? trying to think of. And, and, oh, that's, that's <laughs> life, too. It's, you always think you came up with <laughs> the next big thing. Totally. It's like, oh, no, they're, yeah, they're out there. And, yep. yeah. just, just remember to Google any, any big idea totally. that you have. <laughs> and I saw Disney. Actually, Disney is now making their own. Um, they look, they have the cover. Uh, they're like little notebooks. They have the cover of what the VHS looked like and the first page is like a printed VHS tape, like as it would look oh, inside the wow. thing. And I was like, curse Dang you, Disney! Disney, you <laughs> bastards. They got another one. <laughs> but mine are authentic. Right. Handpicked. Yeah. Handpicked and handmade. thrift stores. I mean, yes. that's, that, that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, and that's one of the things that, that only works in, in Portland. It's, yeah. It's, there is a, I mean, 100% market for handcrafted yeah. unique one of a kind and it's it's something that will continue to spread because mm-hmm. as we move towards this generation of 3d printed everything there's going to be even more of a market for one of a kind yeah. hand sculpted handmade yeah like there there's no way it's going away and it's only going to get bigger and more valuable yeah because people so. will start seeking it out when when everything can just be printed off yeah now we're going to want something authentic yeah it's it's just like star trek that yeah you could have something from the replicator but man when you Having have a real handmade steak like <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah selling i always say i'm just selling people their own nostalgia yeah. because it is that thing that's like oh mm-hmm. wow that tangible object that yes. i had when i was that a kid that's a that's a weird question mark too for the current and future generations where everything's digital like what their nostalgia is going to be yeah are they going to have any nostalgia for physical objects there's no there's no box cover to fall out for that yeah no or maybe there is Is there 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 are yeah there's physical copies but i mean more and more no everything is leaning towards which is kind of a bummer too i mean and that's another old man thing to say but i remember um I forget what album came out. Um, it was probably Madonna. That's all I buy. <laughs> and like it used to be like you had the credits and you had mm-hmm. like every single sample in the song was listed because they you know had to. And like the newest album didn't come with a single liner note. It no. didn't come with a single photo credit. Right. It didn't come with little lyrics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they said, we're like, go to visit us on the web. And yeah. of course they didn't Down- have it there either. Download the PDF. Of- I know. It's like, well, that's lame. Like, <laughs> right. I like... I still like to think people pour over stuff like that yeah. that they're interested, but I mean, I guess it's, maybe they don't or just have a different way to consume it, I guess is probably the Yeah, I mean, everything, answer. again, it's all digital. It's You get it from iTunes. You don't yeah. buy a physical CD. That There's no such thing. But yeah. um, one of the things that, I mean, it, it depends on your investment in the artist, but m- like, I don't know if it's really a mainstream thing, but physical releases, since they are getting more and more rare, they're becoming more special and niche where like the last two um, Nine Inch Nails albums that I bought were 100% like handmade, hand put together. The the last one was truly insane that the the album was only released digitally. I never got a physical copy of it. I, I think there might be vinyls or CDs that you can get, but I got the digital package with this special additional component that was completely mystery like they never said what it was going to be it the listing was literally digital cd with physical component for like 50 60 bucks whatever it was was like this is awesome this is the ultimate like mystery box like i don't even know what's going to show up and it did like eventually just showed up in just a, a piece of meat on a hook, right? From yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> with a little ice cube in there, like to keep it from rotting on the way. But it's a box of flies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get the thing, and it's in this kind of shady-looking envelope, and it just it it said like it was from 
I, I can't remember if it just said it was from a fulfillment company even. Right. So it was super sketchy. Oh, and there's black powder leaking out of it. <laughs> like, I, I had to, like, pour over it just to make sure this was something I had ordered or wanted. Because right. it's months now since I ordered it. And the only way I knew it was coming is because they sent, like, a, a shipment confirmation okay. type thing. Slice it open, open it up, and it's in a Ziploc bag. And there's these individual little cards that are all art pieces. But basically, I don't know if they were all, like, they, it wasn't, like, handmade. They were printed back and front. Just super thick cardstock, but with, like, black printer toner, basically, is what I assume the powder was. Yeah mixed in with it so they're just like dirty and gross and grimy weird looking like cards wow. of art and it's like this is that amazing is cool. like, this yeah. is the coolest shit ever i've never experienced anything like that with with music that's and really cool it was and immediately i thought like how do i display this like i i i need to put like a, a shadow box or some kind of frame picture frame together to get these out and about but yeah I, you can't just like put them out because they're all dirty <laughs> and like gross like it's so weird and just that's, that's great that's the crazy out of the box stuff that this generation has presented now it's yeah. like people are at vinyl is a thing again oh totally have well you, all the new releases are have you coming looked out into like the the hysteria kind of thing like it's this weird weird event with vinyl that they there was only ever so many places that produced it when vinyl went out it stopped there was no advancement of the technology it was never made simpler cheaper right. or anything since it died well now here 20 years on everybody wants vinyl again guess what there's only three places <laughs> that have machines that work like right. <laughs> so there's been this crazy like immediacy to developing new tech and and upgrading the facilities and creating machines out of vapor because there's nothing right. out there like there's no spare parts anymore there's nobody making anything for anything like it's basically like i don't even know what to compare it to it's it's if we all of a sudden started had hand building everything again yeah like yeah, we, yeah. If, if all of a sudden just mass production stopped somehow yeah which is impossible but <laughs> if that that's like the equivalent like now you've got to figure out how to make vinyl albums again yeah which it, that's super interesting it, i was, thinking, it about, was insane. I was thinking about vinyl on the way here how it's still amazing to me because you can play it without electricity or special equipment right like it is a physical yeah property of sound it's, that just still blows me we've talked about it a couple times on our science show is like mm -hmm. i mean it sounds daft like how's a record work but i mean right. it's phenomenal yeah. that it can replicate any sound in the world all, exactly yeah. by a bump right a bump in a, in a needle and just mm, yeah it is it's, it's crazy it's voodoo like, it really <laughs> is it really is magic right and to think of how long ago that was invented with the little wax tubes yep. that edison yep. put together well, the like, first time when i looked into it for our show the first they were able to record sound maybe like 10 or 15 years before the phonograph came mm -hmm. around but they had no way to play it back because <laughs> the oh guy noticed he's like oh i can i can you talk into this diaphragm you mm -hmm. know and get the needle to squiggle things on clay or whatever he used right but he's then like I well now what so <laughs> they eventually i think did play back what is the first recording, which is before the Watson, come here, I need you, or yeah, whatever he says, right. or maybe that's the telephone, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it's just this muddled nonsense, but mm -hmm. they weren't able to play that because they had, oh, here it is. They So that recording was still made, but not made into 
a physical thing that could be played back, but then mm. they found evidence of it and recreated it, <sighs> and then were able to like like ten or fifteen years ago or whatever digitize it, okay, and then play now play oh, that wow. original recording of like the muffled sound, yeah, of the factory just the weird or mud yeah. noise that yeah, geez, anyway, yeah, it's 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 crazy, it is, it's it's freaky, that's it's. I don't know. It is in this digital age. It's so hard to even conceive. Like you did, you twisted my brain up, and now I have to like <laughs> take a break and like, figure with computers, out what, at what's least, real. It's like, oh well, it's a computer doing it, and yeah. like like that takes away the the magic of yeah. it. Even it's though it is pure magic. It's just bits and bytes getting crunched, and yeah, that is that's anyway, that's yeah. It's I still can't figure out magnetic tape. No, for the life of me. So one well, of these shows, I'll have to. I'll oh have my to god! That out. Yeah, you should because I just saw a thing the other day that. Um, Sony or whoever was making that that new magnetic tape that holds like, like 300 terabytes or whatever, or whatever yeah. <laughs> in like an inch of film yeah. that oh that's insane um, about the I mean getting into your your podcast the Mark and Todd cast is the sciencey wubsy wubsy one that it is yeah. yeah so that started on me and my friend on Mark Middleton who I've known for 18 years now we used to work at an advertising agency together he mm-hmm. was the programmer and the okay. web guy and I was the copy guy um, he's, he's just super smart. He was the nuclear uh, engine operator on the submarine in the Navy. Oh, that's programmer, right. Yeah. Like, that's you're just, talking about the, the poop suit the other the day. The poopy suit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out why it was called the poopy suit. Nobody knows why. <laughs> nope. Um, but we would just always have conversations like, what's the deal with records? And then we'd like, <laughs> what's the deal with vinyl records? <laughs> right. And so... We we kind of had always been kicked around the like we should maybe do a podcast or something and couldn't quite figure it out. It's like mm-hmm. well why don't we just do what we do every time right. we get together, which is like <laughs> talk about some random thing. And yeah. so um, yeah, so our podcast is we do a little science news in the beginning, whatever mm-hmm. has come across that last week, and then we just pick a completely random topic from right. a, from a historical person to a technology to yeah. anything. And we've done it's, about a hundred shows now right. and. It's, but yeah, it's that same, because I, I, I think both of us are just curious. Right. And like, that's our biggest attribute. And I think that, I don't think it's how smart people are. I think it's just how curious they are. Like, right. Yeah. Figuring out, like being wowed at a vinyl record. Mm-hmm. Like even the little, everyone made little camera obscura things for the yeah. eclipse. I and, like, sure as hell did. It was <laughs> like, I'd never really done that before because like, mm-hmm. I just always figured that was magic and didn't work anymore. Yeah. Now we have <laughs> real cameras. We can't replicate. But I mean, just seeing stuff like that, it's like, that is really really interesting and, yeah. like, let's, and it's not a like to me our show is designed for people like me who are people who did well in english and mm. not a math or science yeah because of some sort of brain barrier that i just can't yeah, wrap myself at a block yeah. yeah but i'm still like really interested wish mm-hmm. i knew but because yeah. of the way it was taught and because of oh, yeah like when you're a kid or whatever, god get can, me started on that yeah like it just never i just never took to it mm-hmm. as much as i was interested in it so it is a way or it, never just got to because everything's yeah. so glossed over and rushed yeah, or like if you don't like especially with math if you don't have that first step you can't build anything off yeah. of that and i think you mean science, common core yeah <laughs> which is the same way um but I think the show, it, it's not a deep dive. It's not like this intellectual, like, exo- it's yeah, a, like no. here's the basic of, you know, whatever it's, this was last week. I and, mean, it's like a, a Wikipedia article. Yeah. More yeah. or less. And, but personalized. And, and it is. It's, 
you guys do your own independent research, kind of come back and compare notes and yeah, just so walk like through week, what is it? I what? think last week, last time we did Lizzie Borden, which right. isn't necessarily scientific, but no. it's like, it's, I was interested in yeah, that that week. It is, and so right, like, yeah. let's figure out about that. And yeah, it is. So it's, it's been really fun to do. It's hard to nail down like the, the genre for it. I mean, I know, and for, topics and of interest. For the, like, yeah, <laughs> and for the most part, I, I, we always say it's like science and culture. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, if it's yeah. big enough for it to be a cultural topic mm-hmm. that people have heard of, yeah. then, then we'll do that. Yeah, because the week before that, was optical illusions right i think yeah yeah because i had driven out to uh eastern oregon mm-hmm. and noticed just all the mirages that yeah. you get with flatland and hot i was like that's really strange and like we should all not be amazed by that but like right. what is happening and like sure enough light is bending around things mm-hmm. and creating a little cyclone mm-hmm. of light and it's like it's really fascinating a weird like premonition thing that happened yesterday or the day before i just saw Oh, what was it on? I want to say it was on like the Smithsonian Channel, some program that they were talking about something, and it was literally showing that phenomenon. Oh, like really? The, the double reflections, like where you see like With floating sailboat, ships, like the way sailboats. above the horizon. Yeah, yeah, it was literally just doing that, and it was oh, it was a Titanic thing. Oh, okay. It was the last mysteries of the Titanic, and they were saying that that's one of the potential um, issues they had that night was that they were getting basically a reverse, like a cold version of that where they were seeing weird haze, like mist, like sparkles around all the electric lights on the ship. And people were saying the horizon looked like it had doubled or was blurry. And it was funny because they didn't talk about it early in the program, but they would show like the shots on the deck. They were looking around, you know, it was was a dramatization, but the horizon was blurry. There was like a weird, like band every time they would show it's like, did these guys like, just screw up yeah. in the production? Like, why can't you? And eventually they say, it's like, oh, oh. and it, it was actually really neat how they, they kind of played that into it. It's like, I felt legitimately confused. Right. Like, wow, guys. Like, I don't... <laughs> so yeah, that was that again, like a weird premonition. It's like, how did, how did the universe know we we're going to be talking about this? Like, <laughs> well, and I think, I think so. Um, one of the houses, uh, so Colin, who is the boy that I met in Sunday school and he was three. So he is 12 mm-hmm. now. And I've been working with him like for nine years. Yeah. So there's five kids in that family, uh-huh. uh, four boys. And then the oldest is a girl. So I've been around all those kids for yeah. eight years. And right. The oldest, uh, the old, he has two older brothers who are like 14 or 15 and uh, 16. Mm-hmm. And so they are the big gamers, which is kind of the connection of how yeah. I'm kind of here. Yeah. Um, but I kind of keep telling them, like, our brains work by, like, confirmation bias almost. Like, we'll hear that thing about mirages. Well, mm-hmm. then we notice it the next time. And it's yep. like the more nail holes we can put in the wall to tie the strings to, to stand on, to be more intelligent, like, that's that's the bad. And I, yeah. I feel like that's what our show is. Like, we'll mention something about Chernobyl. Yeah. Like, okay, well, now I know a little bit. So next mm-hmm. time I hear it, I'll be able to to get more of it. And it's... this is why the history channel and national geographic channel and all those have been like such a huge part of, I don't know, like you think it's the dumbing down of society, but if people are actually tuning into the right things, yeah, it's the smartening up, like the, just yeah. the general, like you said, you're, you're tying those strings across the room to build the trampoline that yeah. actually gets you up and bounce you in, out of yeah. ignorance. Yeah. There we go. Oh my God. I kept telling, <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Cause I, I, Kept trying to use that analogy with the older boys. I'm uh-huh. like, this analogy is not perfect. Right? Yet. No, it's working. <laughs> but like, there we go. Now we've got it. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm glad I could help with that. Oh, that's amazing. But it's true. I mean, that that's like you said. Your my version of it was tearing stuff apart when it broke or not. Yeah. As as a kid growing up, and still like I just did it the other day. Unfortunately, I 
I vacuumed the cable on my buddy's Nintendo 64 <laughs> and immediately like went out, bought another controller, and spent the next three hours like taking them apart and soldering in the new cable. Yeah. That way I didn't give it back to them broken, you know. <laughs> but it's it is. That's totally a part of my life. And now that you you say that, I mean, yeah, that's exactly how. I've gotten to the state I'm in, mm-hmm. I mean, mentally and just like knowledge wise is just that just being a sponge and taking it all in, in whatever yeah. aspect it, it comes in, but do being aware of it and, and yeah, watching a ton of history channel stuff just cause like, not that I'm necessarily interested in it, but now I know about right. like Nazi death trains. Like I, right. I don't or know the like, how it, the, how it's made show is always oh my fascinating. God, yes. And the, and the, the, another thing is that is kind of reflected on our show, how, how arbitrary it is. So mm-hmm. it would be like, Lollipops. Yes. Chainsaws. <laughs> right. Wooden chair. Yeah. You know, like, these things have nothing, nothing. Like there's no theme. No theme there. no. <laughs> but they're all equally interesting. Yeah. If you're uh, well, dorks like I think us. That, I don't too, like even sitting around these microphones, like there are factories that produce these. There are yep. people that whose jobs are all day long is to make components for this microphone. Oh. There are, are distribution yeah. channels. There are industry magazines specifically for the microphones to, and like yep. it's this whole world that like everything around you has yeah and it's just it's just fascinating oh, yeah. to me i mean it's 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 a twisted thing if you look around the room and, and yeah you can pick out any single item and yeah there's an industry behind it and yeah thousands and that's what of i people. actually what i really love about uh copywriting and advertising is that i get to see like the wood floor association of america i didn't know about them yesterday but right? by next week i will have to sound so knowledgeable about them that i can write an ad or an article for their industry oh magazine yeah telling them information that they didn't know and like learning all that stuff it's mm-hmm. like I, that that's it that is what i like about copywriting too yeah. because it is so different it's like oh then kettle chips then oh yeah. pacific foods natural soy oh. whatever and right it's just, yeah, yeah that's, I, that was always really satisfying to I, me. I get that from my day job of seeing the random freight that comes through. It's like you'll see a pallet of Nintendo stuff that's like kind of unmarked. All you <laughs> see is a release date. So you get your phone out and Google like, okay, what, what's coming out? Holy crap. That was a shipment of like yeah. Amiibos or yeah. the new like mini consoles. That probably come through. console that nobody can buy. Right. Yeah. And like, but then there's pallets of beef jerky going out and yeah. god the thought of that like if 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 somebody would just drop off a pallet of beef jerky in my house like uh, <laughs> that would make my life like <laughs> happy birthday f- to me for the next 10 years like holy crap uh, not so happy birthday to your colon but. no right uh, no i'm good we're we're on like a heavy protein diet <laughs> okay, so yeah I'm, I'm in tune like <laughs> you're heavy in with the atkins diet yes exactly oh uh, um now your other podcast though too portland at the movies which, I mean, it sounds niche, but it's got broad appeal because, I mean, movies in general. And you guys are stuck with some of the best <laughs> by, the best by having this as a theme. Yeah. So, yeah, that started. So we'd been doing Mark and Toddcast for a while. And mm-hmm. on episode 12, like right when we got started, uh, Mark was like, well, we should call the Unipiper. And, neither, and I was just like... Just randomly? Just yeah. Cause. I was like, are you, what, are you kidding me for... This stupid podcast that like our moms listen to, like <laughs> let's let's get a hold of ourselves. But yeah, right. He went and did it anyway, and and Brian Kidd is is the Unipiper's name. Was like, sure, mm-hmm. I'll come on. And yeah. So he came over and put out his bagpipes, which have the flames attached to yep. him, and showed us that whole contraption and oh, walked yeah. us through how he, why he does what he does, yeah. and how that all. And was so. And Brian is like a super cool guy, and we just mm-hmm. kind of all kept in touch. And now we're like friends. I went, we yeah, went, yeah, uh, with Mark eclipse. and Brian to the eclipse mm-hmm. in, in Utah. Um, 
And so we'd always been uh, talking. It's like, oh, I'd love to do a movie podcast. But A, yeah. the world does not need another movie podcast right. by morons who think they're funny uh-huh. about stupid yeah. movies. Why, why not? And so, like, it just kept <laughs> percolating. But I mm-hmm. couldn't find the the hook. You know, right. I couldn't yeah. find that. What are we going to hang this on that mm-hmm. is interesting, at least? Yeah, that's always a thing. And so I, we were sitting, me and Brian and Mark were sitting there one day. And I think trying to spitball ideas or something. Or I probably... I probably brought up the movie Body of Evidence, which is the Madonna movie that uh-huh. was made in like '94. Oh, uh-huh. There's a big, there's a big scene that takes place on the uh, Willamette at the houseboats on the Willamette. Oh, okay. And I probably had brought up that again, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh yeah, our movie podcast should be about Portland, you know, movies that were made in Portland because there's like that and The Hunted and Management." And then <laughs> right. we're like, that's, "Okay, that's a short podcast." I know. We're like, "Okay, well, we'll get you know five or ten episodes," and we yeah. kind of looked into it more, and we have a list now of. Over 55, like, major production motion yeah. pictures over the years. Our our last episode was one that was made in 1957, mm-hmm. which is, an, uh, excuse me, a noir movie. And, yeah. And up till recent, like, to the 2010, the worst movie on our list uh, so far, which is Extraordinary Measures. Right. The which Harrison was with Brendan Ford, Fraser yeah. and Harrison Ford, which... Snooze fest. Uh, yeah, it has the highest is the highest rated out of all of them consumer wise oh, but God. is just terrible. Yeah. It is just very hard to watch. Boring like, and toothless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're finding all sorts of of crazy. So we're about we're about to do our eleventh episode, which um the very first episode we do is Halloween Town, which is a a Disney Channel movie made in St. Helens, which yes. is just up the road from from Portland, oh, I just, and I just heard something about that. Too, ironically, but, yeah. between that and Free Willy, the best movie so far that made in Portland. Oh my god! Um, so for our, for kind of the the show's one year anniversary, now that we're coming to uh, Halloween again, yeah, we are doing a special Halloween Town one through four because oh. there are three sequels mm. to Halloween Town special episode, and I don't think any of the sequels were filmed in Saint, which is no. even funnier that we're doing movies right. that weren't in Maine, Portland. Yeah. But no, you've already branched out. <laughs> But that's been really fun, and and, and we've uh, started compiling them, because we also noticed there's not, like, a list of movies that yeah. have been filmed. There's lots of lists that feel comprehensive, but then you'll yeah. find another one with new ones. And, it ends up being, like, the top five or ten. Yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. they're always, like, the Goonies. Like, well, okay, everybody yeah, knows about the Goonies. Everybody right. knows about Stand By Me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but there's just this trove of other movies, and so we've started mm-hmm. um, a locations map, which is, is this great Google map. I didn't oh. know I could do this till someone introduced me. And yeah. now I'm like a super nerd about, so I went through <laughs> all of the movies that we've done so far. We've done mm-hmm. uh, 10 of them and have taken screenshots of each Portland location oh, that we can man. find from the movie and yeah. putting that on the map. Oh yeah. So if you go to Portland at the slash map, you can find this inner and then see pictures like the one from 1957 is fascinating because you'll yeah. click on that area oh, and man, yeah. see a picture from that time. A bunch time of stuff that's and, no longer there. Well, and there's a couple places like there's a shot of the armory, which is uh, in Northwest Portland, kind of by Powell's. And there's this um, uh, parking garage across the street that is exactly the same as it was in 1957. Like that street with the armory and that parking garage, the same buildings and this so every once in a while, you'll find something like that. You're like, that legitimately has not changed in yeah. you know, 50 years. And That's the crazy. The Kenton Club, which was uh, is a, a little bar in the Kenton area of North uh, Portland, uh, was featured in the 1972 Raquel Welch movie, yeah. Kansas City Bomber. The, the massive hit. The, the huge, culturally yes, the world-renowned. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that bar... Li- 
exactly the same inside and out oh, as it no. was in 1972, <laughs> except that they have a poster for right. Kansas City Bomber yeah, inside the, inside the bar. <laughs> but yeah, once we kind of found that that hook to hang it on, and yeah. that makes sense for Brian for being such a kind of a Portland icon yeah, for right. for being the Unipiper. It mm-hmm. just seemed like a natural fit, and like there was a reason for us to kind of do it. And yeah. and I mean, all of us it even though it has kind of turned into a bad movie podcast mm-hmm. by default. Yeah. Like we sit down every time, like maybe this will be a forgotten gem. That's like really right. good. Oh, it's not. No. Oh, okay. No, this is terrible. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's still surprising, even though, you know, yeah. like going into it. Yeah. And like There's I said, every week we're adding new movies that like yeah. someone's like, Oh, have you heard of this? It's like, Oh wow. No. Nope. Right. Sure and enough. I mean, even now they're still filming more and more stuff up here. That's part of what brought me up here yeah. is the creative industry. I mean, there's a couple of groups like on Facebook and around for casting. And there is always something very surprising shooting. Well, I think Portland is in a real heyday right now for, for TV shows and like the Netflix stuff. And that they really seem to hit their stride Mm -hmm. in that still not movies. No. (laughs) Right. But I mean, you've had like, there were, there's the rumor going around that um, Star Wars is shooting up around here somewhere. False rumor. Yeah, finally yeah. came out. Okay. I know. I found that out after I published that on our page all proudly. Oh, yeah. This is Jeez. irreparable truth. Right. Oh, it's not. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typical But internet. I mean, there's, all, there's, um, there's a lot of movies that will do sections of stuff. Well, yeah, B-roll here. stuff. Will yeah, yeah, yeah. And we tend and... to avoid those just because... And, but those tend to be good. Yeah. Like all the good movies are like, oh, there's that one scene that was filmed mm-hmm. driving past Portland at 70 miles yeah. per hour. That oh. <laughs> You could go back through and do one on just the X-Files for the, the – it's always stand-ins because everything was in Vancouver. Yeah. But, I mean, Vancouver, Canada, not our Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny that it was like in the first season, I think, I, I had gone back through and started watching because I hadn't since I was – a, a teen or whatever when they came out originally. So going back through, it was very refreshing to see really good, well-made TV that is almost ageless still. Yeah. Like you go back and watch, like, especially even the first season, like, yeah, you've got weird like suits and stuff that the big shoulder pads on, yeah. on what's her face. But <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. There's this one where her partner, somebody who she's working with, like gets kind of not possessed, but, brainwashed or maybe abducted by aliens but he's having this little freak out in the corner and he's like my name's blah 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 i'm from klamath falls oregon and i was like oh my god that's amazing like and you oh, hear like there's awesome. these little weird tidbits where they just like like yeah. stuck something in a hole and say yeah. oh yeah make him from oregon like <laughs> it was crazy he was just screaming about it. it's like this is that's awesome so, I mean, there's another tie-in for the, the show. You could do a little segment at go. the beginning of, and in this episode of The X-Files, so-and-so. Like, shouted oh, this yeah. local community's <laughs> right? name. Uh, so <laughs> random. My God. Um, now, for a, a nice, smooth transition, yes. um, the, the video games angle. So, we had talked before that, again, you're not currently a gamer, but it's it been around you, and you've got plenty of influencers trying to push you into it probably because right, it, right. it's one of those industries like oh have you played this have you played that right. oh you gotta oh, you gotta check this out i gotta check that out so right looking for some kind of official advice from a quote-unquote gamer in myself like yeah <laughs> what are we thinking so i didn't grow up playing video games i wasn't allowed to get the nintendo because they were like you'll just spend all your time playing which i probably would have yeah but i okay. never so i never developed the habit of it and mm-hmm. like 
the arcade was a waste of money, so we never went there. Oh, no. I knew how to play... Um, I remember playing a ColecoVision yeah. that a family friend had, and their their Pac-Man um, knockoff was called Ladybug. Yeah. And so I remember playing Ladybug. <laughs> um, my neighbor, I think one of them had Atari or Nintendo or one of those. And so mm-hmm. I play off and on, but I just never got got good, I guess is what, is well, what the kids say. But, yeah, I mean, you never And do. it never developed <laughs> the habit of things. Like, I knew to the play Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. So, like, if I would go to arcade, I would play that because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, and I was pretty good at I had yeah. a Miss Pac-Man machine for a while. Oh, man. Uh, about 10 years ago, nice. which is pretty rad. Yeah. But it was just never part of me, and then I uh-huh. never had a console. Um, a friend gave me an original Xbox that um, I played a couple things on. I really liked the Dragon Slayer game. Mm-hmm. I found interesting, but because, like, everything was Halo or Call of Duty, yeah. like, I feel like I've, I'm in this weird thing where I feel like I'm looking in the window at other people enjoying video games, but like none of them seem to appeal to me because, because I don't have that background, I don't, I can't follow maps. Yeah. I can't, I don't do changing out weapons or crafting or like, to me it's like, oh, you give me a hammer that I I have firepower now. I understand that because I know Mario. Right. Like I played all the Mario games, Mm -hmm. those I understand, but like... The, the the older boys in will be like, well, how, try Dark Souls. No, no, like, no, okay. no. God, oh, Christ. <laughs> Which I knew oh. was going to be difficult, but I mean, it was all of the things, like, it's an open map that I can't find yeah, my way no. in. It's things that I feel like a lot of games are just artificially hard. Yes, and like, that is. Like, oh, we'll just turn, like, it's playing computer that, chess. It's that like, one, I that know, one's intentionally hard. Yeah, but, yeah, and I knew that, so that one didn't bother me as mm-hmm. much, but there were, like, I played one of the Batman games, and it's like, I could feel as I was going through the levels, like, I get it, there's more of them now, and there are more phases of it. Yeah, right. Like, that's not a challenge to me, that's no. a computer showing me that it can beat me. And yeah, like, remember remember the boss from the first level? Well, now he's a regular enemy, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that type of crap. And so, uh, but I do know that there are things that I, like, Portal blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, Portal and Portal 2, I was like, finally, there are games where, oh, there's no more games like this? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, no. And yeah. so, and I did, like I said, Dragon Slayer, because yeah. I think there there's, like, a, a kidness to that that mm-hmm. I still enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just feel like there's got to be something, and I feel like I should be enjoying this thing, mm-hmm. but... You like, just I just feel like I right. keep struck, striking out. Yeah. And, like, now I, I got a, a PlayStation 3 mm-hmm. when PlayStation 4s came out because I could justify the cost. Right, yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, I went through, like like I said, Portal and Portal 2. I went through mm-hmm. Alien Isolation, which I... No in, way. I, yeah, which I really enjoyed mostly, except it did that thing where it's like I, the androids were just getting so out of control hard yeah, right. that... By the end, I hated the game. Yeah, which I thought it was a shame because, like, the rest of it was like, "This is a solid game," but like, mm-hmm. it's that thing. It's like the computer's just turning up how hard it is, right. and now you got to hide in the locker for an hour. Yeah, and <coughs> that one always bugged me because the alien was super glitched, like cheap. Yeah. That it didn't matter what you did. There were certain points where it attacked you just because. Right. Like, it, there was nothing you could do to avoid it, and that that was kind of annoying. It's right. like, no, I hid in this locker when it was down and around a corner. It does not know where I am, right. yet it just walks straight into the room, yeah, right up to the door, yeah, yeah. like, okay. Or drops out of the ceiling. Yeah, and that, that was annoying. But, but I, I tried to play, um, what was the pot, last, The Last of Us. Yes, that's, and that, that's another big And that was another big, big thing, to too, is like, of all the things, you know, maybe I'll enjoy this, but I think I just kept coming... Like all of those games, since I'm not, I can't do shooters because I just don't have the practice and patience. Mm -hmm. And it felt like all of these games are, oh, I have to get from point A to point B and there's going to be 
something stopping me in the middle. Yes. And like, I understood that there was a good story, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, it was but okay. Like, the way, and, and I know I'm going on a, a lot about what, mm-hmm. what things I hate about video games, but like all those things where you have to find stuff or wander around. It's like, I pick up after kids all day long. The last yeah. thing I want to do is wander around, wasting uh-huh. time finding things that someone hid. Right. Like I want to get in. I want to play a little bit. I want to feel like I had some fun. I accomplished mm-hmm. something. And like all those games with the maps and the weapons and the crafting. And it's like, yeah. this is work. Yep. I don't have, I don't, this is not enjoyable. Well, you came to the right place. Oh, good. Yes. Good. I've already got a laundry list like in mind. <gasps> Fantastic. And the more you talk, the more it starts like narrowing everything down. Oh, good. Yeah. I've got, yes, I brought my pad and my paper. Too. Awesome. So right off the top, it's the tail, Telltale series okay. of games. That sounds like it would be exponentially like... I feel like I wrote that down yeah. a long time ago as a possibility. Yes, because those are... It's all of kind of like the the story and experiences of a video game without all of that extraneous map searching and go right. here, there, back, and especially like backtracking and stuff, I'm sure yeah. will drive you nuts. Ugh. So stay away from every every Zelda ever because that's all those <laughs> games are. So, but with the, the Telltale games, it's you are on rails more or less for the whole game. There's little instances where you pop out into like an area where there's 10 different things to look at and you're maybe solving a little puzzle or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's some instances of like quick time events where you do have to like aim and shoot something, but you can turn that off. It's their customizable experiences where like in the old days with difficulty, that'd be the only option you really had is right. do you want to insane hard or you want to baby easy? Yeah. Well, baby easy only lets you get to the first three or four levels and then says, all right, sissy boy, go back and play it on normal. If you want to see the rest of the game, that is gone. That's okay. been gone for a, a good long while. So don't be afraid to play through a game on easy. If you're playing on an easy, it's basically to experience a story, have a light challenge, and get through the game. Right. Normal is where everything's kind of balanced, and then hard is just stupid. It's like you said, the, <laughs> right. the artificial difficulty, artificial difficulty, like that is 100% all they do. Right. Is they crank up the enemy damage, they lower your health, and yeah. here you go. It's harder now. Like, yeah. Ugh. So staying away, that's already like crossed a couple off my list of these like more nebulous games because yeah. I had. Um, Dragon Quest Builders on there okay. was one. If you had liked Minecraft, mm-hmm. that's a game to check out. But because you don't like the open world, yeah. having to yeah, it's not gonna not now. But okay. I I think that'd be something to come back to maybe later. Okay. Be, once you get into it and get more of those instincts and just a more a better comfort level with it, I think it's a really interesting story. And the tools in that are pretty easy to understand. And they're a lot of fun because you've basically got to rebuild a little town however you see fit. It tells you you have to build this one room at a certain point to make somebody happy, but that's it. And then you're generally in control of that. But you have to go out and find the other survivors in this place and fight a boss and do that kind of thing. So I think eventually that's something that you would enjoy because it's not high pressure. It's low stakes. It's just fun and the art and the story is great right um rolling back though to the the telltale games you've got so many now to choose from where you've got i think the walking dead series was one of the first huge ones that they had that's what really set them off 
but now they is Telltale a studio or a, or a Telltale a is a studio. Okay. And, okay. And okay. the Telltale series now of games are basically their own genre of story-based games. Like I said, with these little quick time events, little puzzle challenges, but mostly story. And their main goal is to get you through this story. Okay. It's something between a like a digital comic that you've probably seen. Yeah to a full-fledged video game it's something in the middle it's like a blend of the two okay i did play um we kind of played it the three of us me and the two older boys um it's the game with rami malik and they're stuck somewhere overnight they're stuck in a house overnight what is that game called um oh man what is it called rami malik yeah the guy from mr robot and it was a game? Yeah. And it was a pretty popular game. Until Dawn. Until Dawn, yeah. Okay, and that's like the horror game, right? Yeah, and it was a, that was kind of house. a mix between movie, you know, movie and mm-hmm. game, which was I could see doing that because like mm-hmm. you said it's not And these are these are probably a lot lighter than that in terms of like Yeah, that the, was a that was a pretty intense game and yeah. it was like fun to play all as a group and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but that was a, a totally different experience yeah. which is kind of interesting, yeah. which is like and man, what you, yeah, you know, with the decision making kind of choose your own adventure type. Yeah, that's definitely and that's that's what the the Telltale games end up being too. Is they are like a choose your own adventure because you do have a lot of conversation trees that okay. you go through. Right. But I want to find a list of all their games because the biggest thing comes down to like what stories or what licenses properties are you most interested in right of their games and i want to see here's games developed and then there's a games published so the ones that they've done let's see oh god there's a wallace and gromit's adventures there is sam max that they did oh wow there's a csi game (laughs) do i get to put my sunglasses on and make terrible puns yes oh absolutely (laughs) it looks like his game is over (laughs) absolutely that is required i I think when you bought the game physically it came with a pair of the glasses so yeah it came with a sound machine yes right it just plays the the beginning of the who yeah god yeah so there's oh there was a the poker night games i remember seeing those too those were funny that it's like a Oh, Texas Hold'em, but with video game characters. Oh, interesting. And I think it might have been like online too, so you could play against other people. Just a, right. a different package to wrap it in. But right. yeah, they've got Back to the Future. They made a series for nice. um, Jurassic Park. They made one. The Walking Dead. That was the big one. That was another big one here. The Wolf Among Us. Okay. It's like another. It was a comic book adaptation, and that one was supposedly really good. Because I this is one that I. I do struggle with because it's not enough of a game for me. Like okay. I, I do. I'm all about those crazy, like dark souls. Yeah. I, I totally get into those where yeah. I love being dropped into a world and not given anything and having to figure it out. I mean, right. I grew up on metal gear and I mean, yeah, right. it's, it's yeah. Totally and that's me. funny. Cause the, 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 the kids or they're not kids anymore, I guess, but their tastes in video games are very sophisticated and very good. Yeah. Um, which is funny for kids. What? Fun- oh yeah, like and and Michael, who is who is the older, he's sixteen. Like his favorite um, director is David Lynch. Like so, oh, he, wow. he yeah, he has been like the Criterion Collection mm-hmm. since he was like eight. He's always oh, been wow. like he's always been like a fifty year old man. Yeah, which is pretty funny. So like his 
his taste and like his knowledge of the industry and stuff like that is like super deep and complicated and mm-hmm. and like just way over my head right. for like how I I'm like Miss Pac-Man right like <laughs> that is a story doesn't it no yeah it's uh there's these ghosts and <laughs> yeah <laughs> we have Inky Blinky oh man Clyde and yep oh, who's the other one Inky Blinky I don't remember no. Oh. It's failing me with my yeah. pop culture knowledge. Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde, pinky, right? That's yeah, right. <laughs> super complex. I mean. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, like with the the Telltale stuff, like I said, it's it's pick your license, something mm-hmm. that you're interested in because yeah, beyond that, they've got Batman that they did that was great. Guardians of the Galaxy. Now so I did play a Batman. Apparently, I picked the dumb one of the worser worser. I'm a writer. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one it was. It was Arkham. One of the Arkham games. What was the good one that came out? They've all three have been good. So Arkham Knight is the most recent one. That's the one I didn't play, but I heard that one was good. I think they they are. They are consistently good. I mean, Arkham City is the one in the middle, and I think that's the one I played. Yeah, because there was there was a point where the developer was Rocksteady Games, I think, and they came up with the first one, Arkham. Arkham Prison or whatever it was. It's the actual one that's on Arkham Asylum. Okay. And that one was like amazing, groundbreaking in everything it did. And then Arkham City, I think, was shoveled out to somebody else. Okay. And that's why it's kind of like the low point, but it's still a great game overall. Okay. All they did, though, is just rinse and repeat what had been done type of thing. Like the the last one, Arkham Knight, was like built from the bottom up by Rocksteady again. And I think that's why there's like the the quality peaks and fluctuations. Yeah. But no, I, any one of them is a good place to start, but they are super deep, complex, right. especially when in the combat, it's ridiculous. Like right. trying to fight anything past like the first couple of hours of that game is work okay. just flat out. So yeah, that's, that's something that's way later in your development <laughs> in as a gamer. Yeah. When I'm like, no longer just a button smasher. Yes. So like fighting games again, that's another one that's off the table. Um, the other ones that there's a deep vein for you to explore, especially with like the PS3. And that's the thing, like all of these that we've talked about are on PS3 that I know of. Some are getting towards PS4, like the later ones, but with the the PS3 now, it'll be harder because you don't have like a a used market to go through. These are mostly going to be digital. Yeah. So you're still playing, paying quote unquote full price for it, but it's not like 60 bucks. These will probably be like 10 to 15 a piece. So they're not crazy. And you'll get, a good long experience out of them. Like everything is built in with at least 10 to 20 hours minimum right. in terms of games these days. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. beyond like the indie game stuff, I mean, indie games are huge locally, but like world over now, that's a good place to start too. Especially if you have like the classic tastes like Ms. Pac-Man and mm-hmm. stuff, pixel art games are yeah. huge right now and simple designs and simple gameplay experiences are the norm and they are super popular right now. Yeah, there's crazy in-depth ones yeah. too, but well the boys is one of their one of uh, Michael's favorite games is The Binding of Isaac, yeah. which is uh similar. Yeah, it's similar just, in look it, and they're it, always playing It was a flash game retro it started games. as. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mouse and keyboard or barely even that. I think yeah. it's just keyboard only and it's super oh, yes. simple. He's, just he's very much a PC gamer. Yeah, right? not yeah. none of this console garbage. Right. And that's I just <laughs> got back into the PC game recently. I built my my tower yeah, up finally after that. like 10 years so yeah. yeah i'm i'm all about it but then i end up playing 
like I said, freaking Goldeneye, a 20-year-old game. Like, it's better than I've ever seen it, so it's great. But, yeah, then I flip over to Battlefield, or, yeah, Battlefield 1, yeah. which came out, like, last year. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah now. So I'm, I'm at both ends of the spectrum there, too, because I love the, the indie games that have come out. Like, there's so many awesome, like, concepts that were never possible on yeah. the old hardware, but now you get to see them. Yeah. It's like, ugh, because, like, the... Ones that I always gravitate towards are, are the Castlevania and Metroid type. Okay. Where yep. running and shooting and killing stuff is great in, in 2D. Mm-hmm. And when there is like a big map to explore, which again, that's yeah. kind of a, a fallback thing. But it's, it's a good way to go. And there's there's tons of stuff out there. It's like you just kind of start digging towards like the indie tabs when you're looking for games. Sure. And just sure. if something, I mean, you could go just by the art style and you'll still get into something good. That's but, true. What's come of that that really gets you going is the adventure and exploration games that are out there that I don't know if you've got like a any kind of exposure to. So mm-hmm. the first one that kind of comes to mind is Journey. Mm-mm. Journey was released on the PS3 and then again on the PS4. And it's a, a Sony-only game, I'm pretty sure. Not even available on PC. But that game is basically... It's a as exploration as an exploration game could be because I it tells you I'm pretty sure it gives you like guidelines of what you need to do. There's like a little voice from the sky that tells you like, hey, go to this place and check right. this thing out. But you're open to do it however you see fit. And there's a few different little puzzles and it's all basically like this weird, naturally immersive gameplay where it isn't a specific you have to hit this combo to do a thing it's you just go and explore mm-hmm. and enjoy and it's got this weird multiplayer component where people can drop into your game and you'll see them running around you can't talk oh weird there is no like communication other than like the few like gestures that you can do well then there's co-op components to it i think at some point because i still haven't played through it myself i've had a friend that played it. i play the demo And it's just, it's a little too story only for me. Like it's something that you need to dedicate time to. It's not a pick up and play. Like you have to like get into your comfy sweats and like turn down the lights. But once you get into it, it's from what I've heard, it is like transcendent Interesting. in a word. Like it's, it's a, it's a crazy experience. It's, I mean, it really is. It's beyond normal games. Right. So that's that's definitely huh. one to have on the list and and do try. I did play uh, the Uncharted series. I okay. played all of those and I enjoyed them Good. You know, for the most part. Yeah. I figured that was. I figured that's the summer blockbuster. Yes, of totally. Games and that is enjoyable. That's and... way beyond anything that I wrote down too. Okay. Like Uncharted is that's that's a game ass game. That's yeah. that's up there with yeah, the stuff I really, I'm into yeah, too. Yeah, I really did so. enjoy that. One. Okay, good. So I mean Because it didn't feel I mean every once in a while you'd feel that artificial difficulty yes. of the waves of people. Yeah, but because oh, for the most part it keeps moving fast enough that it's not, yeah. you know, too much of an issue. Right. Yeah, and they they they, they do with that one. The story is on on rails. You're not yeah. in an open world where you have to figure out where to go. Yeah, no, it, which I it pushes you down a path. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. That's a, a good thing to know. I mean, that that I opens you up to a lot of other one. stuff, but I mean, still for for these starting points to see, I mean, if you really are into these, like these are like it's it's so weird when you start trying to label things because yeah, an adventure game immediately, yeah, yeah, Uncharted's yeah. an adventure game. I can yeah. see that it's a third person shooter like in yeah. wrapped in an adventure game. So with these ones, these are 
along the lines of those Telltale games where it is, it's, it's less about moving around and shooting and jumping and climbing and doing stuff. It's more about taking in the environment and like a lot of these are more like puzzle games. Like you remember Mist, right? Yes. Yes. Just like yes. Mist, but now I was say fully that realized. Mist, yeah, Mist and Riven, and yes. uh, what was the third one called? Oh, it's I can't remember. Now. There's yeah, another that, one coming, and, I believe, though, too. And so that's why I figured there's got to be more games yes. that are puzzle based. Yes. Because so, there clearly is a market. Yeah, absolutely. It never went away. It's just they stopped making those games because companies went out of right. business. And like LucasArts Game Studio, that was one of the big ones. They made like the monkey Island games, I think. And, um, that might be wrong, but they did the day of the tentacle, the maniac mansion, those right. original adventure games. Yeah. That now with these like new yeah, ones, like even that, even that early dragon's Lair one that was yeah. on the original Xbox was right. that same way that just mm-hmm. an adventure game that's straightforward, go kill the ghost or right. whatever. And exactly. So now getting into that, there are again, a bunch of these and a lot of them are these indie games because it, it, doesn't take a lot of people to put these together it's usually the two to ten person team that's doing them but you've got a bunch that i'll list off real quick what remains of edith finch so i mean if you just throw it in edith finch that's fine because todd's taking notes by the way i am everybody take notes everyone take notes gone home tacoma tacoma yep (laughs) just try to actually escape from tacoma right no and then firewatch (laughs) Are all recent adventure games. Now, is Firewatch the one where you go out to like you're in the forest or whatever? And mm-hmm. you go out? Yeah, yeah. And I think the I think the boys played that one too. Yeah, the the standout for that for me was a demo station that I was watching somebody else play, and they found like a bra hanging from a tree. <laughs> like, so there, it has no weight on right. where the rest of the game goes. But that's one where, like Firewatch, from what I remember, it's you are you, you're working a fire tower. But there's a whole other mystery that develops. Yeah. And it's, again, with these games, you get these crazy art styles that I think you'll appreciate yeah. I mean, coming from, like, a, a design background. Yeah. That I mean, these are these are artistic takes on stories and themes and things that just don't generally get done in even movies. But it does. It has kind of that almost like a novel reading experience, mm-hmm. the way these games kind of play out, the way you experience them versus watching a movie or playing a game. Right. So it's, it is, it's a lot different than just like uncharted. So, mm-hmm. um, gone home is one from a local studio. I've got to look them up to see just real quick. I'll be super quiet. This is that dead air we were talking about. <laughs> so I can fill it with my slide whistle. Right. Oh, I wanted to get one for work so bad because we do our like daily meetings yeah. and we talk about like, oh yeah, our production numbers were this and our thing was that. And I wanted to, so yes, to be able to play it. The, the, industri- the uh, orchestra grade slide Man. whistle, which I found out was also called a piston flute. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. if you want to really get into it. <laughs> It's incredible. So I wanted to get like a cheap dollar store one, of yeah. course. But it's like when our yeah, so our our average per trailer was uh, above goal at thirteen thousand. And then when it said because well, but our our bills per trailer were blah blah blah. Like <laughs> this would have been perfect. Stupid puns, but you know. So Tacoma and Gone Home were developed by the same studio, Fulbright, hmm. and they are. Headquartered in Portland, Oregon. Oh wow! Of all places, so I've actually ran across a few of them at some of like the 
the indie game things I've done, like with Pig Squad yeah. and whatnot, like locally. And there are there are a lot of events. So once you do start getting into it, I mean, yeah, why not? You could pop into those. They're yeah. typically free and open to everybody. Yeah, they have like they'll get together everybody that's working on different games and different stages of release. You right, know, right. so really cool to get in and check things out that you can't see anywhere else. But with um, Tacoma or actually Gone Home, it's a story about like a, a teenage girl that comes home from being out of town and everybody's gone and you're basically just walking through the house and learning about what happened and where everybody is through things in the house, mm-hmm. like finding notes on the fridge and things in a book and what was on the TV type of thing. And mm-hmm. it's, it develops a story and it's kind of, I don't think you're completely free to just like figure it out on your own. Like I think it, it, channels you through things yeah it steers you but then it was very well received like a massive success in terms of such a a small team and release but tacoma is now their new game and this one takes place on a space station called tacoma and basically something's happened everybody's dead and gone you're going through trying to figure out what happened and how to fix it i think but through projections of conversations and story things that happened. So you're walking up and replaying basically everything that happened and trying to piece together all these stories. That's interesting. It's got crazy massive, like good response. So that one, those are two to absolutely check out. And those are, I think across the board, like PC, all the consoles type of thing. Okay. It says Tacoma is only on windows. That's weird. I thought it was on PlayStation, but that might be a PC only one. Um, Probably not really graphics intensive either. You don't need like a brand new computer okay. for any of these. Like okay. these are definitely downscaled for easy access. Right. Um, the what remains of Edith Finch is along these same lines. Like it's another one of those story games where you've got to, I mean, just like Mist and Riven, where you've got to explore the world and figure out what's going on, but with the modern touches and modern conveniences. So it's, right. it's not as hard and right. mind numbingly difficult. You don't, you don't need to <laughs> carry a notepad with you. And I, I just be so ashamed every time I had to go look up the oh, answer right. finally. And mm-hmm. well, and when I, when those came out, I mean, where would you even find the answers? The internet was barely, <laughs> barely a thing existed. if it did. Yeah. Like go down to your government job. You have to go look, buy the big, yeah. thick book that they sold at GameStop oh. to your guide to yeah. Riven. Which they still sell. Do they? Yes. Nice. And it's, ugh, why? I, I can't understand. <laughs> like you say print is dead. Like yeah. that's one that absolutely is. <laughs> the other one, um, I think you're aced out on this one since it's, well, it's PC and PS4, I believe. But No Man's Sky. Ah, yes. Got a lot of bad press. Yes, it did. And undeservedly, like completely. You think so? It's, it depends on what you expected, yeah. really. If you went in thinking like this is going to be Halo, no. Yeah. If you went in thinking it's going to be Minecraft, no. It's, it, this is a completely unique experience. Right. And it fits more with these adventure games. I think the failure of that one was was mostly the, the marketing the and hype, the hype the, yes. to it from yeah. what I... But I never saw any kind of like i don't know i, I don't feel like, like I was it seemed to me who, who was kind of barely following the story that it was exactly what it was promised to be yeah. but there must have been some sort of I, hype within the hype community yes. that well i think like false expectations too that that there were going to be things in the game that were never really like promoted and listed on the box as actual things because yes it's the the key points are it's this incredibly massive universe that it's 
oh god tens of what was it like trillions like, of stars yeah. potential that it's just an exponential number that's ridiculous you'll never see it all yeah why would you expect to come into that and run into anybody right. then to like, play multiplayer right with? although didn't they just they, they this last week or something add, like that they'd added it but it's like so it's minimal, like you're never gonna completely run into anyone anyway so you have to like know somebody basically okay because you can share a location code that they can then be put into a teleporter oh, okay. and you'll pop in but you're still just a star floating around right you're not a physical person <laughs> and able to interact still so yes it's but it's still it's something that i never expected really to be in there like right. when i fired up the game there was that passing thought that oh maybe i'll run into somebody because you can find planets that other people have already discovered and explored thing is you get there it, it's just like nobody ever came right stuff has names that those people might have assigned but yeah. that was it it's like yeah. okay whatever like, you didn't need that it would be cool to be able to like run around with a buddy and explore stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I found that it was a better, more just like chill, relaxing experience and just fun in general to yeah. just fart around the universe and try to, there are like, originally there was basically two goals to the game. It's get to the center of the universe or track down this Atlas thing. That's telling you where to go and figure out what's going on in the universe. Cause it's freaky and weird. And there's odd little clues and inconsistencies that raise questions, right. but that's basically it. And then there's like a crafting component where you have to like expand your capabilities. Like you, you find upgrades for your suit and your ship and you have to build them. You have to collect a certain amount of components and right, create a recipe right. basically to build stuff. And it was fun. It was a little grindy, but I still spent, God, who knows, 60 to a hundred hours in the right. game as it was, let alone now that they've added base building and a whole new storyline that adds 30 hours of gameplay. Oh, wow. Like, so they're, and that's the biggest thing. This is a year on and they haven't charged for any of it. Yeah. So they're still committed to finishing the game, quote unquote, but yeah. it was already done for me. I'm ready for a no man's sky two at right. this point or some DLC that really like opens it opens up to it something up. new. But yeah, I was never disappointed by it and right. I still see Keelan playing it too. Yeah. So I know we're out there. Yeah. Like, so I, I do believe that would be something that you would be interested to, to see and experience. But right. again, it's PC, so, and it is. Right. But being an indie game in general, like Sony threw a lot of money at them. Yeah. And that's where a lot of this hubaloo came from. Yeah. But no, in general, like it is, it's a simple game with simple, pretty straightforward mechanics. Yeah. But yeah, just not like a real strict like story, like here's a guy, here's you, yeah, here's why they don't yeah, like yeah. each other. And yeah, it's, <laughs> barring any of that, it's it's a cool universe to run around in and experience. Okay. So yeah, that's no reason to stay away from it. And then the last one, just because it's, it's easy to get into, is the ROMs and emulation. To go back and experience everything you may have missed, like Sega and Super Nintendo days and maybe Nintendo 64, yeah. depending on... Your PC's I have done that muscles. about ten years ago or so. I I just downloaded all of the Mario games and yeah. played that. Yeah, and, and it's it's it such a great way. And yeah, because there are so many new experiences, but going back and and playing the classics is still great. I mean, yeah. to see what the pinnacle was. Yeah, and now I mean we've we've surpassed it of course but right it's still like i said i've never played goldeneye in such great quality so there's <laughs> there's still a benefit to it going well, back we'll with watch, the, well i'll put movies on now that i have only seen on rental vhs oh and i'll be like oh my gosh there's a whole background to the mm -hmm. scene i didn't i had no yeah. idea it wasn't just dark and blurry right? in the background mm -hmm. and like <laughs> when you see trippy. like to watch back to the future and be like oh yeah. my gosh i didn't know all that stuff was in there that's so right. weird yep 
and I mean, the just some of the things that went from the anamorphic to actual widescreen because they were filmed on film yeah. that was set to that. Yeah, it's it's weird that yeah, there's like some TV shows and stuff where you see all the crew standing because they weren't in the safe zone. So it's like, here's a guy That's with a red hat holding the mic like yeah. tucked in a corner. <laughs> That's the best. Uh, but no, there is like the, the way that technology has surpassed everything, but still you have the opportunity to, to go back and experience things in whole new ways. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's great. It's a great time to, to be a gamer, to be a nerd, all of it. And, and like you said, with the movies and stuff, yeah, I barely yeah. even considered that, but it's like the the Star Trek The Next Generation, those were all, I think, all filmed on film. Wow. So now when you go and watch it on Netflix, it's this crazy high fidelity. It's like, when was this filmed? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can tell because everything just looks a little dated. Yeah. Like, the, the backgrounds, the sets and stuff. But, man, the yeah. detail that comes from it's film. Crazy. that yeah, oh, yeah. Just, we never knew because... Not everybody got to go to a eighty millimeter theater or whatever. Nope. Like just nobody watching on our crappy CRT, yeah, a crappy CRT with the VHS. That oh <laughs> man, so bad. But yeah, living living in a, a fantasy world now. Yeah, this is the living in the future. It? What a time to be alive! The right, Futurama. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, just to wrap up, let's replug all of your stuff. Where can people find your podcasts and? They can find uh, us at the Mark and Todd cast dot com for our science show and Portland at the movies dot com for our uh, movie show, and which don't is part to... of the Fun Employment Radio Network. Oh, and don't forget to check out the interactive map. Like that's that's oh, yeah, on my yeah, yeah. list. So now. that's at uh, Portland at the movies dot com slash map. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's pretty to check great. That one yeah, out. it's it's pretty fun. Let's see all the pictures and do you have the current and past or just the the ones from the movies? Uh, we. What do you mean? Like a, a current picture of like no. Okay. We, I mean it's a it's a Google map so you can click Street View and see what oh, it looks there like you go. now. Awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, perfect. it's just a uh, just a screen capture oh. from whatever movie that we except for extraordinary measures which oh. I refuse to watch again. Yes. Nope. Not even gonna bother. <laughs> Not taking screenshots of that stinker. <laughs> the movie we can mm. we can never remember the title. We always call it Extreme Measures, which is a Hugh Grant movie because <laughs> the movie is so forgettable. <laughs> That's a perfect review right there. <laughs> yes. Forgettable. <laughs> forgettable in the wrong. Long title. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming down, Todd. Well, thank you for having and, me. It was yep, fun. We will be, we'll do this again in some, yeah, some capacity. We'll, you, we'll make you learn something and teach it to us oh, on our show. Thank God. And then um, <laughs> we'll get you back to talk about what games you actually end up playing. There we go. See I'll, how go it went. I'll do my homework. And, and then we'll get a, a follow-up list going. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks again. Uh-huh.